Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host suddenly has a hankering for a Saigon beer and a lovely holiday to Thailand, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm very good. Why uh, Why would I want to be going to Thailand? Well, this is, this is the... Uh... <laughs> I wondered whether you you thought it was incredibly tin part for a team to be sponsored by actual companies and products that people can buy. And isn't it, in fact, much better to be sponsored by a series of made up brands owned by your chairman? Leicester City. So the YouTube feed, uh, Luke didn't didn't get a chance to watch the match. So I will explain in uh, in in all the gory detail the the wonders of that nil nil draw. But the YouTube feed was uh, Leicester City FC's TV, and in the mid like half time we had an advert including J- Jamie Vardy in an empty King Power Stadium getting a phone call from a chap on a Thai beach, and uh, they conversed partially in Thai and partially in Yorkshire um, over the fact that Jamie was really missing being with the Thai chap and the Thai chap was really missing being at the football ground and uh, it, it all in all it just made you want to go for a nice holiday in Thailand and then there was a you know a bar full of ha- shiny happy people enjoying their, their Saigon beer and you don't have any of that trouble with Elevate or D-Taxis <laughs> <laughs> I feel no pressure to purchase and thankfully even if I did I couldn't <laughs> you couldn't find a means to throw money at our chairman even more Exactly. In our club, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's why it was so underutilized with, uh, you know, FFP and kind of income from the fans. We're just, there's no, <laughs> we've got, we've got there's no, no extra. Le- there's no legitimate way to give give our money across. Ch- channel our money back into the football team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, it was an interesting experience. Um, and I thought the YouTube feed, you know, it won't surprise you this, Luke, quite a lot more reliable than I follow. Um, and I had to go for a pee in the second half, was able to pull it up on my phone as well and uh, didn't miss a, miss a second. It was brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um Okay, should we should we scoot along to? Uh, I, to... I think that's a good segue into um... breaking hoo hoos. It's a perfect segue into breaking hoo hoos. Um, so we're, we're still this 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 transfer window. It's it's going to be it's got it's got a long tail. Uh, but the business, <laughs> the business end of things, really needs to start happening fairly soon. From our perspective, we uh, we're pretty thin squad wise, uh-huh. uh, in particular up top. Uh, but I think disappointingly this week we saw uh, Laco um, went to went to Birmingham, uh-huh. uh, who someone we were rumoured to be in in the in the mix for. Uh, so that that was pretty disappointing. Um, <laughs> We've been linked with De Cruz again, and I'm not sure whether he counts as a striker. But I'm not quite sure what he counts as, to be honest. No, but that feels a bit, unless it's just papers putting two and two together, it's a slightly disappointing rumour to be involved in, I think. I think De Cruz is a bit like a, a car like a Prius. 
that's you know a combination of using both petrol and electricity um but then actually when you look into it you find it doesn't use either petrol or electricity it uses a um a fuel resource that's not identified at all i think that's the definition of alessio de cruz he's not really a winger and he's not really a striker yeah i love how you're sort of slowly becoming jeremy clarkson in terms of your car analysis <laughs> And with the clarity that I, I seriously know next to nothing about cars. And I think as anyone who probably would know anything about cars has listened to any of my analogies. <laughs> so um, Supposedly, we're sort of inched closer to our deal uh, for for Trumpy Bum, Windy Ass. Mm-hmm. He, um, although it does feel like that, yeah, as we've sort, of, we've sort of alluded to, it feels a bit like that thought experiment where um, the distance is halved almost day by day, but he never seems to get any closer to uh, becoming a Sheffield Wednesday player. Uh, so who knows if uh, if that's something that will come to fruition or not? But again, do you not- think that? Do you think that, that I I always used to love under the days of Brian Laws, and it, it may be a term that was used previously, but it seemed to be a, a lot of the. It almost seemed to be a bit of a catchphrase from Brian Laws was that we've had him in the building, we just couldn't get him over the line. <laughs> yes, yes, which yes. I love because it makes me think that there was like a tug of war going on type <laughs> within within Hillsborough, and uh, like if we can pull him over the line, if me the kit man. Uh, the guy who does the announcements, if we can pull from one side <laughs> and get him and his agents to pull from, we, we can get him over the line. And he's our player, guys. He's our player. Or, or like t- like the desk where they sign their contract is actually on the pitch. So you can get him, <laughs> get him within the physical entity of the building. Maybe, they did, sign, maybe they did sign contracts. It was just over the state line, you know? <laughs> Oh dear! Those law boys have done it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it, he would be a good addition, I think. I mean, his record for us yeah. is a goal in every three games. Which, I, you know, if he can keep fit, that's the caveat on uh, half our squad at this stage. That, that's but, a goal record that makes New You blush. Really, <laughs> it is. And what's uh, what's Jordan Rose's record? Is it one in eight or something at this point? Or yeah, I'm not sure. Something like that feels feels reasonable. Mm. We should we should look that up because it will be annoying for people. <laughs> do you think it's more annoying to think about it, or do you think it's to guess at it? Or it's more annoying to actually know the reality. <laughs> I it's hard to tell. So he's, so he's played 47 matches apparently. For this. Oh no, 56 and 10. We should be able to work that out. It's one in six, pretty much, isn't it? Slightly better than one in six. Ten goals in 56. Well, that makes him seem a, seem a real bargain for the eight million we've paid over four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> of which there's another final two million payment getting sent by Carrier Pigeon. To, oh, uh, yeah. To, uh, to Gibson. And, you, and yet he still doesn't like us. And yet he still really dislikes us. No. We gave you an... He <laughs> should wake up every day laughing smiling at what he'd managed to do to us. <laughs> No, yeah, um, more torture. But uh, I think Windass is an interesting one because I don't know if you saw the video that was kind of doing the rounds in the week, but it was his highlights from his time at Rangers. And it looked like, I mean, it, it looked like sometimes he was playing as part of a front three, but quite often he looked like he was the middle of that front three. And he's not, I know he's not that tall, but he's not slightly built. So I, I do wonder whether it's something he might be able to do, play through the middle. I, I don't think he'd be 
but I think he has more kind of. It's it's not like hey last season hey we're gonna pay uh, we're gonna play here's a concept um, here's how we're gonna roll the dice. I feel like this would be a, a latter day Bullen kind of idea if things really weren't working and if Bullen was still in charge and maybe sounds a bit disrespectful. Um, but I I feel like maybe they'd be like hey how about Sam Winnell. Uh, one of the rights on the uh, front three, like that would be that wouldn't work. Like I, I think there's more. I think there's more benefit of you know. I think of Windass being someone who could play through the middle or play yeah. just you know. I, I think he's but not lead the line himself. I I, I think of... he's he's better at that. Not to the point where you're like this is a legitimate option and something we should be doing every week. But I think it's something that makes you think he's a player who's got more versatility for his skill set, I think. Yeah. So basically, the deal supposedly comes down to if we can pay Wigan still own oh Rangers 450,000 uh, for when from when they signed him and if we can pay Rangers what they're owed, he's ours. And is that due to what is actually owed or is that just like a set payment that would be paid as a sell on clause? Or that's actually what I believe it's what they uh, they still have to pay Rangers for him, right? But okay. whatever way it works, effectively, we're giving Wigan 450 that will then go to Rangers. And if we can do that, then he's a player we can we can have on our books. But then, uh, effectively, within the uh, the situation that Wigan are in, the beggars can't be choosers model. Um, we're effectively getting him on a free from Wigan if we. It up. seems that way, yeah. And I guess from the the yeah from the administrator's point of view, they've cleared the debt because right. football has come first in uh in only in football, right? And then obviously they'd have the tune of you know his salary off the books mm, as well, exactly. Probably going to make a fair chunk and a dent out of their wages. I think they said that like uh, Cook going was actually quite a chunk. Oh right, their, okay. Out of their playing staff budgets. So that's one of the many things I seem to have gathered from uh, the times when I foolishly go to look at Alan Nixon's uh, Twitter feed for any <laughs> Wednesday news and just end up cycling for a bunch of Wigan news. <laughs> yeah, it's mainly Wigan news. Bit of ball and sprinkled in. Um, the other, the other bit, sort of bit of news uh, before we get to the the game against Leicester. Um, the I, I don't know why it brings me such joy to watch. I think I, I enjoy watching any football team doing their kind of uh, outdoor activity type things, but um, particularly, obviously, love Wednesday doing it. So the shooting uh, escapade that the, the, the team went on uh, just it just brings a lot of joy to my heart to see footballers like go karting or. Uh, <laughs> Well, climbing a wall or whatever. I don't know what it is, but uh, this was a particular. I particularly enjoyed the, uh, the the shooting. What did you make of it, Luke? Um, well, nice to have the lads remember the concept of on target. <laughs> you know, that's obviously a big one. I, I wonder if, like, uh, genuinely, I wonder if they were the same thing as me when they discovered that hitting the post or the bar was not on target. <laughs> you know. I wonder. I, I felt yeah. like I was. It was probably a couple of years ago now, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm also wondering now as well, Rich. Um, again, we're we're a podcast that's bristling with ideas, and uh, if you're listening, <laughs> Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, we've got some good ideas, including I think from this now, Rich. As you said, you you enjoy seeing footballers, people who are talented in one field, doing and applying their trade at other things as well. <laughs> How about a footballer reboot of the Krypton Factor? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that would be good. Just, I, I think just a, a kind of, you know, an um, an idea waterfall a la Alan Partridge of just taking <laughs> taking different football teams to do different activities would just be, you know, go ape with Bournemouth. Go, <laughs> go bowling with the boys from Arsenal. You know, it just, I think it just... It just lends itself to a spitball, uh, just run through lots of different things. And I think you could probably get... Across the North End. (laughs) (laughs) Orienteering with Leighton Orient. Oh, there we go. That's it. They don't all need to be on the nose like that, but sometimes it's fun to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, yes. So We've got to get this under Richard Osman's nose. I think he's going (laughs) to... I think he's gonna just just say how much money do you want guys like, <laughs> um so we we know that jordan rhodes won the clay pigeon shooting and uh we also we also know that gary monk won whatever the zombie shootout thing was which is a delightful detail to come away with uh yeah so <laughs> And and we took that sharpshooting with us into the game versus Leicester City. <laughs> so how was it, Rich? So this was <clears throat> this was five a.m. my time, and I felt for the sake of it that I didn't particularly want to uh, get up for such a thing. Mm. So we it was I think first half is the fairest kind of picture of both teams. I think both teams pretty much had. <clears throat> Barring the odd injury, what their first teams will be out, um, more or less. I don't know, because we did have Dawson in goal uh, for one half and Wildsmith in goal for the other. So they're really keeping us guessing on that front. Um, And we did see Van Aken play in the first half ahead of Mm. Berner, but... I can't think that that's... But I would think the rest of that back five, Palmer at right wing back, Murphy... Not Murphy, sorry. Harris at left wing back, and uh, Iolfer and Lees is probably... Like four out of those five are probably the first choice. So it was interesting to see Van, a- Van Aken, or Van Aachen, as they kept saying, calling him on the commentary. Um, so, that yeah, that was interesting. We saw Izzy Brown as part of the three in midfield, and then Adam Reach played up top with Jordan Rhodes. Uh, Leicester, it looked like the team that was playing towards the end of the season for them, and, and Vardy started the game. Um, I think they had Mendy in midfield when Ndidi normally plays, but other than that, I think it was pretty much their first team. So, you know, it, it was all right. I think Leicester probably started a bit quicker than us, which is potentially to be expected. There was a couple of little sort of balls flashed across the box and things like that. Um, but we, prob- we probably had the better chances in both half, I think. Ten minutes in, I also had a free header from an Izzy Brown free kick that I mean, he was dead centre between the penalty spot and the and the goal and managed to head it over. Uh, pretty a pretty poor effort, really, um, from a good chance. Reach had one that he didn't quite get in the end of. Um, <laughs> I've just... I didn't make tons and tons of notes because it wasn't there wasn't a huge amount that happened. It was it was um, it was all fairly controlled, even stuff. Uh, Leicester had one good chance in the first half where Vardy had a shot sort of low down to Dawson's near post, and then I, I did say um, a classic Wednesday save to the middle of the box, always offering a mug off, make one get one free on chances. <laughs> um, but 
we had a decent first half. Brown and Luongo sort of stood out. I thought Van Van Aachen looked rather good. Uh, I've seen other people report otherwise. Maybe I maybe I was doing the you know I was I, I was so worried for what how he was going to perform that even just being barely competent was uh, was was impressive. Uh, and Harris was really really good again. I think Harris is just so good at that left wing back role. Suits him down to the ground. Then there was just. Tons of changes. We we swapped Wildsmith for Dawson, Adebayo for Palmer, Lees for Van Van Aken, uh, Lees and Van Aken on for off for Short and Burner. Uh, Penny came on for Harris. Uh, we changed the whole of the midfield. Pelipesi, Hunt, and Deli Bashiri came. Bashiru came on, uh, but Rhodes and Reach stayed up top. And basically nothing happened until all the subs started had to happen again at the hour mark. Um, we were lucky not to concede about 65 minutes. Uh, I put 68 minutes, reach off for Brennan, and I offer off for Grant. And I also had missed completely missed the fact that Rhodes hadn't been on the pitch for 10 minutes and had been replaced by Hagen. Um <laughs> Hagen probably had our best chance of the whole game, probably had the best chance of the whole game. He sort of was played through by Brennan and was one-on-one with the goalie and, and sort of slotted it wide, which was a bit of a shame. Uh, Wildsmith made a really good save from a Damara Gray shot, but really nothing much happened second half. And it was there was no rhythm to it because all of the changes were happening. I think every both teams swapped every player off during the game, apart from maybe one Leicester player. Uh, I thought Brennan looked fairly bright and I thought that Hagen did more than Reach or Rhodes put together in his his brief cameo. Um, He looks not bad. I mean, obviously it's a friendly, but he's got a bit of pace about him. He looks fairly strong. And to be honest, the only other person that stood out from the the, the second half was Adebayo. I thought Adebayo looked really good at times. Um, there's a a video or or gif or jif going around of of Delhi Bashiru kind of nudging a Leicester player out of the way, which obviously he must have done. I don't. He didn't have much of an impact on the game for me. He looked a bit lost. But um, yeah, I mean. We we played a team that finished in the in the European places and didn't embarrass ourselves and on another day really should have come away with a goal or two out of it. Uh, so it seems like a good workout. It was a, it was fine. I, I think the fact that we are now a week away from a proper football match is slightly worrying because this is our first proper friendly uh, and it was played at friendly pace. And the fact that we're going to be in a blood and thunder cup tie in a week's time, and then in two weeks, two weeks time, the league game, I think we'll probably be ready for. But it feels a bit at the moment like on the transfer front and a fitness front, that Walsall game is going to come pretty soon for us and maybe too soon for us. Um, But there you go. Uh, and then the final bit of news after the match, uh, Bannon is officially the club captain now. So that mantle's been taken from Tom Lees, which I think we'd agree is timely. Yeah, I think that's more positive than not. Yeah. You know, I think that we probably need that change. And also mm. we've maybe previously been a little bit questioning about how that mantle 
has kind of been fought for it's, Tom Lee's. Yeah, the, the crown has weighed pretty heavy on Tom Lee's, I think. He's not a natural captain. That was one of the interesting things, is to hear hear the voices in, in, in the match. Like, Wildsmith has a heck of a yell on him. So he was ta- he was constantly talking second half. Um, and there seemed to be a new person in the in the dugout just sort of yelling, FORWARD! FORWARD! <laughs> Which I like to stop them sort of just sitting back. So You don't know who that was, do you? I don't know who that was, who okay. that bellow came from. I have to see who was endorsed for bellowing from the new Wednesday coaching staff on LinkedIn. <laughs> so I'm ha- I'm happy now, I think, maybe to move along to the the main course of today and uh, and get into our our predictions ahead of the season. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think we can go and do that. I was just yeah. going to say regarding the transfers. Um, I think we know that strikers take time. There's not many. Just quickly, there's not many other teams at this stage in this league really, really um, getting the fumes going off the fax machine. Really. No, and at the extreme end of things, I can't remember who I was reading. One of the teams was reading about trying to again rather than um, rather than guess. Uh, but yeah, I think there's one team's only got 15 senior pros at this point. One of our rivals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's slow market. I think that's the strange thing with it. The the, the matches are going to come way 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 before the deadline. Yes, and we all we all know how all these two bit chairman and directors of footballs and whatever love to play you know eighth dimensional chess and do all this brinkmanship mm-hmm. nonsense mm-hmm. so uh, yeah i can i can only imagine there's going to be quite a few clubs going in to this first month of games sort of hoping for the best and a then bit, yeah a and, bit and then a lot of stuff happening to kind of course correct once that happens but we should be the t- i do sort of feel like we should be the exception to that because we've got four wins to make up on everybody else we've got four yes. wins before we have nothing and this would be a great opportunity to make sure we've got our squad ready while everybody else is well, trying to be I, clever i think previously i would say that i think that we have um I think that we have gone at quite a pace. Uh, you know, this week has been slow. There's not been any news. There's a disappointment of Lico. Um, there's the Ford experiment, you know, with uh, Windass. <laughs> but wouldn't you, you know, like... There hasn't really been any kind of new names, which has been a little bit surprising. I, I think I saw something today about a Rangers winger we were looking at. Is it Jordan Jones? Yes, I saw that. And we know that's a legitimate link because he's had a long-term injury last season. So Yes, exactly. So it, it, it fits means our that bill. fits our bill and we might get a chance of getting him to be on the you know the positive side of that yeah, as well. Gary Monk likes them young hungry and rusty that's how he likes them <laughs> <laughs> and seemingly some paper talk about Rangers inquiring about Jacob Murphy and were quoted a million loan fee and 40,000 pounds a week mm. which is a lot of money I, I don't think he's on I'd be surprised if he's on 40,000 a week I mean I imagine he's on a good wage no, but... Premier League is just nuts isn't it because they bought him they bought them both didn't they or did they go to different clubs I'm not sure they definitely have Jacob I'm not sure if they have Josh I thought that yeah I thought it was like a two for one or something but uh, the <laughs> but then wouldn't wouldn't you feel so much more comfortable if we had like a Chris Mine in our back pocket I suppose we've got Chris Mine in in Jordan Rhodes a faded, once highly thought of championship striker. I suppose we've got that. Mm. We, don't, 
another one of those. I, I definitely would. I did. That was, I think initially I said, I, this is the point I'm getting a bit sketchy. I'm getting a bit nervous. I mean, but the, here's the thing, the EFL Cup, Doesn't there are matter. games going on right now, which is just yeah. insane. I'm just checking on my phone. Um, it's having a bit of a ding dong. I think, oh, if Stoke have won on penalties against Blackpool. Well, uh, Portsmouth have beaten Stevenage on penalties as well. I'm not going to talk. I, why am I looking at this? This is tedious. Sorry. Um, like, uh, I don't think that counts as a season start. I, I really see that as another preseason. I'm glad it's loaded before the first game because it's a chance to get more minutes. I, I don't think we're going to really glean anything great from the season from that. So I think initially I would have said I would like two, at least two. Stri- we're going to get three. We need three strikers, I think, because... But I think I'm almost saying that I think we're almost getting towards this kind of makes me feel a little bit like when I kind of came back off my sabbatical and came back looking and and watching Wednesday (laughs) and, you know, the times I kind of felt in League One. I'd almost weirdly be in sense facts of any real kind of desperation. But I, I almost feel like we're gonna be getting players with strike rates of one in four, one in five, one in six. Yeah. But it, it's going to be a weird kind of like, well, hopefully hopefully we get the opportunities that it, it kind of rotates enough and that we've got enough goals elsewhere. But we just really need some bodies that offer us something. And initially I thought that before the season started, I'd be happy with three strikers, three recognized strikers. Now I'd be happy with just another one before <laughs> yeah. we get started. And then we can get more, you know, closer to the end of... So that deadline is in mid-October? I think so. Which is, it's just, it's just, just, yeah, it's just insane. Um, I, I don't really know if that helps proceedings. I mean, I don't know. There's always a lot of talk about the transfer window. Should it be open all the time? Which I think would be better than the current regime. Um, should we bring the deadline a lot, lot more forward? I think that'd be a lot better, to be honest with you. So, October, yeah. So it's Monday, October 5th, which is before the UEFA competition squad deadline the following day. Mm. Oh, there will be additional domestic window that con- continues. Oh, sorry. The, 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 <laughs> the website's decided to load up. Uh, yeah, domestic window that will continue through to October the 16th. And clubs will only be able to trade either loans or permanent registrations with EFL teams. So I don't know whether that applies to us or just League One and League Two teams. Mm. I'm not sure. It's, it's kind of bananas. Because the loan uh, window went on for longer for um, League One teams previously, didn't it? Yeah, I think we've lamented previously the 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 death of the emergency loan transfer capability is really sucky. Well, I, it's interesting. So I um, the game finished uh, on YouTube, and then YouTube auto played <coughs> uh, another video, and it happened to be the season review for 2004, 2005, mm-hmm. uh, which I was then subsequently glued to. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's just a bit sad that you don't get... I mean, we had a real revolving door of, of, of talent that, that uh, season. But somebody like Kenwin Jones, who can come in and almost make a career out of it out, for himself out mm-hmm. of a one-month loan... Uh, that just can't happen now. You've got to be, it's got to be six months or, or, or a year. Um, I, th- I, I know theoretically I sort of understand thinking behind having the transfer window, but I, for, as a football fan, 
I I like I liked I liked the time when it was a bit freer and things could happen a bit a bit mm. more. Uh, it was a bit looser, and I do think particularly like if you play something like Football Manager or FIFA or Pro Evolution Soccer, the transfer window has made every football game rubbish now because you're just waiting for the transfer window to do the fun bit of the game, which is kind of the wheeling dealing and improving your squad. Um, but uh, yeah, there we go. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna do our our predictions, and I, it does feel premature for for Wednesday, um, and probably for other squads. <laughs> but maybe we'll give ourselves the chance to uh, to make updates, you know, up to one <laughs> one week up to the first game kicking off or something like that. Our pre-fred here. Nobody likes anything that's pre, do they? <laughs> So how do you, how do you want to do this? How do you want to lead off? It's an interesting question. What do you uh, what do you think, Rich? Do you, should we do the should we do the relegations first? How about because I think for me certainly they <laughs> by if by going through the positions in the league I will have given away some of my answers to mm-hmm. the surprise package question mark and the mm-hmm. uh, what I've called top of the flops slash wet lettuces. Um, <laughs> So, would you mind leading off with that? Is that all right? Sure. So, um, who do you think is going to sort of surprise people with how well they do this season? Uh, I'm going to go with, I think my surprise will be Middlesbrough. Ooh. But I'm not going to kind of, I've seen, in preparation for this, I, you know, I've watched a, quite a few because I'm, I'm genuinely... I'd like to say with the machinations at the end of last season, I'm so confused by this very strange division that we're mm. in with this weird kind of collection of teams. You know, and again, it feels like I, I don't quite know what multiverse we're in, that Barnsley is still in this division. <laughs> you know, it feels feels weirdly like Wigan should still still be with us. And also maybe one day, you know, some of the, the weak spots in the eternal sunshine of Luke's uh, spotless mind and my bizarre mental structure maybe one day we will play Ipswich again and I won't keep getting them confused with Reading <laughs> maybe. so maybe. you know I, I did find this a remarkably tough set of predictions you know as I don't really progress the biggest convictions about any of the sides yeah you know no football's been kicked we've mm-hmm. mentioned this kind of weird very soft transfer markets right now um but I well, feel in aspects a full, a full month and or and more of signing players really an awful lot can change, can't it? And mm. we know the the sort of domino like structure of a lot of deals. You know, if X goes to Y, then A goes to B, and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. A, yeah, there's the whole that kind of uh, domino kind of effect with this. <laughs> but that's the weird thing because it's late and everything is late. Weirdly, we look early with our business, right? In a way, yes, yeah. Well, what we've done so far, mm. but then we, we maybe had a lot to do that more than mo- most clubs, I think, to do. But yes, yeah, I'm I'm pleased with what we do- what we did early doors. I just it's, mm. it's just a bit of a shame that. So you know, I, I generally feel like everyone's division is this world of lack right now and failure. <laughs> nice. So I'm almost tempted to do this prediction, Rich, in an inverse order, like uh, inverse suckiness, like last season Hull were the champions of suck. Champions of suck, lovely. So even though I think I suggested that, first of all, we did this last year, and that I probably suggested that we do this again, I, I can't just say, I will play your game, Richie Miller, you, you demon jester. Because <laughs> I'm coming to this and just being like, this is 
this is I, I just feel like I mean it's so hard to do because I think it's just very we had a recap and we, we were you know we made some pretty terrible predictions but it's this hard thing to predict anyway but but right now it's like I don't feel like there's anyone who like so that's the thing so that's my kind of segue on to talking about Middlesbrough is basically I think the surprise package because they won't be complete shit but I don't think that I'm kind of on board the mentality that um, you know Colin is going to wave his promotion wand again and get no. them uh, and get them up on the top six. I think they'll be. I think them being kind of you know the the crest of the Com- bottom of mid table yeah. and comfortable. I think is actually pretty good considering they were just abject last year. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I think I've sort of picked out Stoke as my surprise package because I think. I think they've bought well with their the last roll of the parachute mm-hmm. payment dice. Mm-hmm. I think they've done some they've made some pretty shrewd signings early doors. Obviously we've still got time that they can still make other signings. Um so I, I think I think they might be a bit of a surprise package in that I don't think they're making fashionable signings, but I think they're making quite sensible ones. Uh, and my other one, if I had to pick, if in terms of just being surprisingly safe, I think Barnsley might do okay this season. And by okay, I mean they might finish slightly away from the relegation zone, which again, mm-hmm. in of itself, is a minor, a minor miracle and a, and a large improvement. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've actually hilariously, even though you've mentioned that, I picked surprise package for Millsborough, but I actually opted outside of the uh, the big pitches we'll talk about in depth. But I've gone for seventh for Stoke, so I guess I kind of okay. agree with you for yeah. the surprise package. But again, I I feel like there's just a lot of eyes on Millsborough because it was such a torrid season for them last year. Yeah. And I I don't. I don't legitimately think that I, I look at their squad and think, oh, they're really underperforming. No, but then they've never shied away from spending money. I mean, they've had su- sort of successive managers. Mm, including bit, including you know, our own. Including our own. <coughs> throw, throw a bit of money around. But I, it, it doesn't... Well, it's, I mean, it's so bizarre that, like, Braithwaite, for instance, was there for for all those years. So, like, there's some level of, I don't know, some, you know, there's some clever scouting being involved, but just not, it's just the, the actual sort of football operations have been so poor. They've not got what they should have out of the, out of the players at their disposal, I think. Um, in terms of top of the top of the flops uh, i think bournemouth are going to aren't going to be in the in the promotion picture at all i think they're going to be spending a season navel gazing and wondering what their club's about having lost their uh, their, their special one in in eddie howe <laughs> and you could it wouldn't be desperately surprising if they do a bit of a, a charlton after kerbishly and and kind of sink you know maybe even have a dalliance with with relegation spaces uh, places mm-hmm. I, I think maybe that's not surprising i don't know as a choice it's not daring enough for the limp lettuce for the limp lettuce because i've actually gone for exactly the same as well oh i've plumbed them to be 11th in the table um because i mean that's <clears throat> the funny thing is like if you look at some of these teams that are relegated now um that drop down into the championship there's um 
there's that weird kind of mentality like the thing i want to say about these teams that are, are getting relegated you know on top of having the failure payments and the you know the parachute payments um they're also some of them selling some of the kind of top top english developed players for, so, for the for big books so well that's it bournemouth have sold aki haven't they mm-hmm. and um brooks is getting admiring glances from all sorts of places although one of their problems last season was that brooks was injured for almost all of it as as someone who shrewdly put him in his fantasy league teams can attest to mm-hmm. <laughs> so but I guess there's the interesting thing I look at that and think it's fine to sell all these players, but the question is who are you replacing them with? And Bournemouth's squad right now is inceptionally thin. Well, you could not, you could argue that Bournemouth is the long-term project of Bournemouth has mm. been an abject failure in that all of their good players and reliable players are pretty much the ones that came up through the leagues with them. Mm. And as they've aged out of the squad, (laughs) they've not found good replacements for them. And that's why they've just slowly declined because it's basically as those players, people like Charlie Daniels and and, and those sort of guys that, that pulled them up through the leagues, as those guys have got old and been eased out of the, mm-hmm. the squad, they've never quite replaced them. I mean, I don't know quite how you replace Charlie Daniels, a kind of left-back come centre-back that scores 12 goals a season and assists and <laughs> takes three kicks. That's, there's not many of them about six mm. foot and with an absolute wonder <laughs> left foot but um there's there's you know there's there's less formidable talents that have uh, have had the same thing happen with them but the thing with Bournemouth now is like I, I don't really know what the plan is so effectively they have they've hired from within right and Jason Tyndall Jason Tyndall was essentially the assistant manager to how yeah so how is gone so I'm always confused with that with like your why is this the problem it's not a problem it's just a systematic change but you're not really changing anything because you're bringing yeah. in someone who's still within the ethos of the club. There's, it's a very soft change. And one thing I was thinking with our new coaches, I can't remember who it was, whether it was Dave Jones or Stuart Gray, but they were talking about the players getting bored of a voice and wanting to, you know, actually changing things up in training and having another word in there, you know, another voice in their ear can sometimes pay dividends. And you, yeah, you absolutely don't have that when the assistant, if you go from first team coach or assistant manager to manager, you've been the voice in their ear and now you're still the voice in their ear. So it's, mm. it's, it's a very incremental change, I would think. Um, and how often do assistants go on to be good managers? Not very often. No. I mean, essentially, if you kind of see that these players need to, sorry, if these managers need to progress their career, then that's something they need to make a step up at some point. I don't know. I don't think yeah, it's going to go yeah. particularly well. I don't think it's going to go particularly well for them. I don't know. I think they need some degree of change. or But then it, I think it, it, it probably needs to, again, be within... I mean, that's the difficulty now is that you can look at teams like maybe Southampton and maybe Watford to a lesser degree that they've mm-hmm. had this kind of identity of football and, you know, they've got a director of football and they've got the mentality and the plan that if someone fails, then they've got the next person lined up and then they've got the next person after that. You know, there's kind of like a continuation. But then you'd, I don't know if that's a thing for Bournemouth purely because Eddie Howe's been there since, you know, within two spells. Yeah, you know, within his brief, uh, his brief holiday in Burnley. <laughs> coming another it's show. Weird up north. It's weird up north. They don't like you. Uh, don't like you wearing your trainers to the club. <laughs> 
Eddie Howe's Vacation in Burnley, another uh, <laughs> another different gravy production. They, uh, they put gravy on their ship. That's weird, though. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I've, I've been thinking a lot about the quote recently. The best time to, to build, you know, the best time to uh, plant a tree is twenty years ago. The second best time mm-hmm. is now. Yes. Like this, you know. The best time to rebuild Bournemouth was probably a few years ago. Yes. The second best time is now, and they're doing nothing. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know whether there's a long-term plan and a vision, and it's just going to be seen as a transition year. But the, the hilarious thing is, especially in all these predictions I'm seeing, is a lot of people being like, "Oh, Bournemouth are really good, aren't they? Oh, they're a really good side." Yeah. Like they were a really good side under Eddie Howe. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. And I also felt that they signed good players within that identity under Eddie Howe. I don't know what they have now. It's interesting what you say about the project as well, because they, I mean, hopefully it's not not uh, too, doesn't speak too much of our situation, but they were bought by this Russian mm. rich guy mm-hmm. and very much his kind of play thing and loved Bournemouth, mm-hmm. built his life in the area. Then he dies and his family take over and they have a very different attitude towards it they want to treat it like a business and and i think bournemouth do turn a profit i think they've consistently turned a profit mm-hmm. so uh but that doesn't generally build a great football teams turning a profit uh I think, so i know we're talking a lot about bournemouth on this episode and for the sake of this but i think <laughs> it, it kind of ties together a lot of the things we can kind of get onto and make cover when we talk about other relegate teams because there's often a thing that we, we as football fans we kind of see these teams come down um in the position that we were perennial you know perennial second or third tier kind of team now since since the turn of the millennium and um you know i'm often thinking when these teams come down i remember thinking this with newcastle coming down thinking well x player won't want to play in this division and i'm sure he could engineer a move to whatever the premier league sides are so i don't even know how many of these uh players that are going to be at bournemouth i don't know if um Sorry, I want to say Charlie Williams, who it, it, that's no one in particular, is it? Uh, Callum Wilson. <laughs> Callum Wilson. I don't know, yeah. I don't know how Callum Wilson wants to wants to play in the championship. I feel like he's a player who's probably too good. And to what about Trevor Batchelor? <laughs> All your favourites. Oh, Johnny Kneesop. Come on. Johnny McSorley. <laughs> Um, Josh King as well, probably yeah. engineer a move to, you know, some team. Even the fact that, like, even in their desperation, Man United were looking at Josh King as part of their striker before they signed, was it Igarlo? Oh, yes, yeah. So, I, I don't... They used so to be desperate and then they signed Igarlo. Um... <laughs> Um, <laughs> so it's it's just very thin. I don't see them doing anything. I'm staggered that people are thinking that they're gonna. I've seen some people predict them to be top. But that's the. I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? The the. I think since parachute payments came in, the average is that two teams from the Premier League go back up. Mm. But that third can often be in free fall. Yes. So it, it that's the sort of, I mean, almost in predicting. And I think the gap between the championship and League One is very big as well. Mm-hmm. So you're all, it's almost, that's what the predictions really are. When we're talking about top and bottom of the table, it's mm-hmm. which two do we think of the relegated teams do we think are going to succeed, pull their, you know, pull yes. their business together quickly enough and, and, mm-hmm. and, and do a good job? And which one do we think is going to flop? And then... 
of the promoted teams, do we think any of them are going to be able to hang in the championship? Have they got enough backing, enough of an identity or, you know, enough about them or enough sort of star quality? Because sometimes that happens to 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 sort of thrive at the championship that's almost what it boils down to with and then and then there's the odd exceptions it's like which one of derby forest you know there's kind of a group of contenders that are top 10 mm. almost always and then mm. there's a group that are bottom six or seven almost always yes. so yes. It, in a way like you say it's very hard to actually say what's what's going to happen but in some ways there's a lot of predictability in that you know you'd expect Forest, Preston and Derby to be there or thereabouts in the top 10 um yeah and the the promoted teams generally will struggle <laughs> will any of them you know survive the struggle yeah it's interesting uh so we both we're in agreement on Bournemouth I also think QPR might sort of fall away a, a fair amount having sold Eze because I don't think they will replace him like for like very easily mm. and I think he carried them quite often I've just predicted a 15th finish for QPR while you've well, brought them yeah, up same sort of yeah mm-hmm. same difference really okay so do so do you want to do relegation now or do uh, and then do the top or which way around do you want to do it so relegation top and then finish with our beloved Sheffield Wednesday Let's do that. Okay. So, um, 22nd in the league. Or I should do it from the bottom, maybe. Okay. Start from the bottom. Yeah. Yep. 24th, bottom, bottom, champions of suck. Congratulations, Wiccan Wanderers. I've got the exact same (laughs) club in there. I I just don't want to sound like the biggest um dickhead but we're just getting the feeling that it's just a day out for them it's got a vibe of that hasn't it which i think their last well (laughs) their last jaunt up the leagues which um it ended unceremoniously with the day where they were happy to sit in the cheese wedge uh when we got promoted against uh over sheffield united (laughs) so all so many years ago um because that yeah it, it, it feels like they're really pleased to be here and mm. um, if they get some chips while they're here they're going to be over the moon yeah <laughs> i mean it's such a landmark achievement for them as a club but it, yeah. it just seems a world above them and I, I i also don't think it's i i i mean this happens but i know when we look at the world of predictions there's also like oh well they've got momentum from going up but that doesn't typically happen for the team that goes up in a playoff position and i also don't think it's really going to be one of those teams where any of the teams that come up come up and surprises anyone. It's like, going to be funny watching the beast at championship level. I'll be I'll be really pleased if he can get like five goals. Even in saying that, I know that two or three of them will come against Sheffield Wednesday. But um, <laughs> if he can, yeah, if he can sort of. I mean, if he does that, then maybe we should be batting our eyelashes and think about bringing him in as a striker. <laughs> After today's game, Luke, wouldn't be a bad idea. Okay. Something something resembling presence up top might be all right. But again, I, I, that maybe reminds me a little bit of maybe <laughs> maybe I feel a little bit like how we've been looking at like Barnsley is that lot typically will think that you know they're not a very good team and we should be beating them, but maybe also being some slightly envious of one or two of their players. Yes, as well. yes. Um, I I hope with this um, coronavirus and coming back to football, I hope some of our fans get to enjoy a trip to beautiful Adams Park because it's a sweet and daring little ground. I mm. enjoyed my trip and being up near the top and you can see some of the uh, 
the trees outside the stadium. And uh, I remember them being golden autumnal at the time for when I went and saw Semedo's on the golf for Wednesday and Ryan Lowe scoring a 2-1 victory at Wickham. Oh, lovely stuff. And that was Jordan, Jordan Ebe's um, debut game and debut goal. Scored Excellent. a decent goal against us as well. So... Oh, you nice. know, they're not going to, I don't think they'll pick up many wins apart from maybe I'm sure they'll beat us in one of the games. Yeah, almost guaranteed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, who have you got in 23rd place then? I just also want to kind of bring in as well. What I'm going to kind of do as well is I asked my girlfriend, I thought it'd be funny to say, how about I mention these teams to you? I'm going on your information and your knowledge that you would bring this up. So I'm bringing in um, some of my girlfriend Jennifer's stuff. Um, so the notes of Jennifer, I argued with the name of Jennifer for two minutes last night. Uh, she said they want to be unnoticed as they're afraid of being noticed. Uh, she thinks they'll keep it tight and be 16th. <laughs> Lovely stuff. <laughs> so for 23rd, Rich, I've gone for Luton Town and maybe a a smattering of glass houses, but I want to say the worst badge in the football league. A straw boater hat atop a higgledy-piggledy mess of wingdings. No, this is not the artwork of a rejected Elton John Best of album. It is a Luton Town badge. Alas, their football individual will not merit some of the dardarist poetry of that last sentence. Their fate is not being enunciated by Carl Hyde and Underworld, but they are born slippy with a messy and porous defense that will be serenaded by Nathan Jones being sacked and then coming back again. Staggered they stayed up last year in a team who conceded 82 goals last season and with a minus 28 goal division, uh, goal difference should not still be in this league. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty staggering. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, so I've got Rotherham, um, but I've got to say all the way through uh, Luton and Reading were in my thoughts in terms of a bottom three finish. Mm. Um, but just for my, my sort of hard prediction, I've gone for not the the two of them staying up just, uh, but they could they could very very easily uh, be part of that part of one part of the three that go down definitely. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer said they actually named them Looting Town. Uh, <laughs> so win or lose, there'll be riots in the streets, uh, middle of the pack. So no reason for people to feel anything on either side of the spectrum. <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay, the last relegation spot. Last relegation spot, Barnsley. Uh, it's pretty much a coin flip between Barnsley and Rotherham. And uh, yeah, but then I think I've gone Rotherham for slightly above that for the 21st. So a very kind of South Yorkshire feel to the bottom of the pack. Uh, so we may see the Radio Sheffield host signing up for therapy. Um, <laughs> may I recommend non, non-sponsor BetterHelp? Um, you, you may recommend. Use, I, I... use the promo code GRAVY and it won't work. <laughs> so I don't really un- quite understand the Barnsley mentality and what they're looking at. I'm, I'm not sure... I'm not sure. I'm still not quite sure how they did it in staying up, but I don't think it'll happen again. Um, hilariously with this, Rich, I watched a video from a very young kind of eight, nine-year-old Norwich fan. Lovely. Who was doing um, doing his own predictions for the championship. And he went, I know you did it last year, but you're not doing it again this year. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is... Uh, this is this is a confident kid. I bet he's uh, shouting to his mother, fire up the kettle. I'm having a pot noodle with a fruit shoot chaser. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think I've, I've got Reading as my last um, last relegation spot. But I, I, I think, yeah, I think Coventry and Luton are going to be very close around there. Um, 
Do you want to go from sixth up the way then for the promotion? Sure. Uh, Jennifer said about Barnsley. She said oh, that's, oh, yeah. a, that's a place. <laughs> said, if it's big enough to have a whole team, then it'll be middle of the pack. <laughs> this is a this is bulging at the middle. This uh, league so far. I know. I know. It's a big. <laughs> there is there is quite a, a gawping and gaping mid table in this league, isn't there? Let's be honest. <laughs> a paunch. <laughs> the championship paunch. They're going to be on or around the championship paunch this season. <laughs> Okay, who's who's your sixth place team? I've gone for Watford. Okay. Um, I think they're living with this world of the powers of teams coming down, but I get this huge feeling that Watford in a very serious disarray in terms of identity. Um, I also said, don't see this as the pot calling the cattle black, but maybe hopefully we're over this, but I, I can't see or believe that the squad is of a good age. I think mm. there's a little bit too much elder characters who are a bit lacking. Elder states. I'm not... I've not really been fussed about their transfers they've done so far. I mean, they have signed some players. Um, I, I'm not confident with their manager being a good appointment. I, I, so I think that scraping the playoffs for them will be deemed as a failure for them. But maybe I think looking at kind of Bournemouth, I think that might actually be quite that might it's, actually be still quite positive still. Yeah. And I also think Dini will leave, and that will be a difficult replacement for them as a big character and figurehead for the club. I again, I don't. I don't know what's happened to the Pozzo family powerhouse of ferrying players around, but they are a long way away from the team that absolutely tore this division a new one, you know, yeah. how many years back it was. They looked a good side last, didn't last, like, not last season, but season before last. Mm. Weren't they, like, riding pretty high? Didn't they, like, I think they were. I think they, they had that kind of Evertonian position of... Evertonian um, <laughs> position. ...of uh, darting up to... 10th or 9th and then before taking falling ill with a nosebleed and having to lie exactly out. exactly but then you know still clocking up a lot of minutes on match of a day with people being like oh could they uh could they could oh, they could oh. they could they troy, troy dean he said something disparaging about arsenal you know before before social distancing so alan shearer could be like sat on the couch next to mark lawrence and, and could give him a little shoulder hey hey could they hey hey oh oh Ooh, cheeky, cheeky run! Ooh, ooh, push, push for your, push for, uh, push for um, Europa League qualification! Ooh, early start to the season! Ooh, <laughs> what's that terrible um, song? Ooh, catch me, catch me! Ooh, catch me! <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what that is, but I'll, I'd love for you to share that with me later, Rich. <laughs> Um, no, well, so not to sort of spoil things, but I, I have some similar feelings about Watford. Although I do think, oddly, they are a club that have thrived on the kind of chaos that has ruined other teams. Like, I, I know people were um, sort of shocked and amazed when they got rid of uh, Pearson. Mm. Um, at the end of the season but then weirdly that's the sort of thing that Watford have been doing consistently for, for a number of years and and oddly it works for them and they sort of chop and change the manager they get rid of the manager and then bring him back in in a while you know after six months and it sort of what you know just lots of odd decisions that mm. you would never normally make and somehow they've managed to kind of get not just get away with them but kind of it's worked for them mm-hmm. so it, it 
potentially they could have that that sort of everything kind of clumps together in the perfect way and they do end up just absolutely ruining this league because there's the potential for them to do that but i I i think same as you i think what will probably happen is they'll not quite find it as easy as they were hoping early doors Mm. and as it slowly becomes apparent they're not going to get the automatic places i can see them having a dip and another change of manager and stuff like that but i think they'll probably just about kind of pull it round to to get themselves in those promotion places but in the playoff places uh by the end um i've got millwall as my team in six Mm. um so just sneaking in there uh not a huge amount of thinking behind it other than you know, they went on that incredible run this season and uh, mm. maybe if they can carry some of that forward with them, could can go a long way. What about, uh, so what um, What was the verdict on Watford from uh, from Jennifer? Uh, she said Watford is going to finish on the upper end of the middle, finish oh, ninth, okay. uh, and then a shake-up for next year as they thought they could do so much better. I see. The sort of cake tray portion of the championship paunch where you yes. can rest your dinner. <laughs> That's it. We're we're, um, we're prudent. We're financially responsible in these FFP times and coronavirus here on Different Gravy. So we don't recommend buying one of those uh, dinner trays that has uh, pillows at the bottom so you can kind of cushion it on your lap. Uh, we recommend just using uh, using what what Garden uh, Sugar gave you. Uh, use that big old belly to rest, uh, to rest your scampy fries on. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, fifth place. I've gone for Dor- Dorbe, Derby. Well, um, once again, I'm on the same page. But please, yeah, please uh, give your um. So I feel that escaping any realm of FFP sanctions will be a big boost to them. Um, I think they'll kick them into next gear and then return to the kind of championship feel that they've had before. Uh, I think they'll add a little bit more to them. I think they've saved a good chunk of wages with Martin, Huddleston, and you going. Um, I think that's going to be positive for them. I think they'll probably make some decent signings eventually. Uh, they could be all right. I'm sure they'll just continually throw money at it where we cannot because we are Wednesday and run badly. And the league hates us and the EFL is intensely racist towards our owner. <laughs> yes. I suppose that's a bit of tangential news that we didn't mention. That, uh, yeah, that Derby have had their linked case uh, thrown out, although they're not exactly the same circumstances. Um, but it, it felt that that was going to be the case when you read the reasons behind our the decision being made in our case. It felt like Derby would get off scot-free because they've probably got the same emails from the same chap in the EFL telling them how to do, how to sell their ground and things like that. Mm. Uh, they just did it in the right time, unfortunately, unlike us. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I went for Derby. Same sort of re- I mean, they're, they're perennial contenders. This will be a boost for them. It will mean that they've got some funds available um, and generally they're fairly good at spending their money quite wisely um tend to do quite a good job at getting picking up the the sort of cusp of the premier league type talent that's uh that's sort of driven them for, for years um who have you got in oh uh, what was that what was jennifer's verdict on uh, derby sounds like it'll be horse related jennifer likes horses okay. and they'll be really good so top five okay oh there you go we're, we're all in agreement then on derby mm. top five all round uh what about fourth fourth place I've gone for Brentford. Um, I'm I'm really unsure, though, how this next transition is going to go. The next gear change is going to be, I think it's still 
going to be a weak one, weak one for them, but I still think that they'll probably do all right. Um, Ivan Tony is an exceptionally expensive League One signing. Yes, yeah. I can't believe someone's spending. I don't know. I don't know what hoodoo, uh, voodoo, what they dare do, people. That that Peterborough do in the transfer market is insane. It's not. Well, Peterborough are kind of the 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 lower league Brentford in a way, aren't they? Sure, but then they maybe right now that's the same because Brentford haven't got out of this division. Using yeah. It's been like, let's balance the books, look handsome. So, But they spend that $10 million knowing that, effectively, at least one of that, you know, the BMW yeah. strike force, which was just absolutely insane, insanely good last season, is going. And then, I mean, maybe two. I mean, the funny thing is seeing a lot about, I think I've also maybe, it's Ollie Watkins. It's not Marley Watkins. That's a previously uh, taunted signing for Barnsley, who never really did much and has now drifted into uh, anonymity. Um, he looks like the one to be getting big books, and I think it's probably just because he's English and he's young. Mm-hmm. Um, but What's Ben Rama, Ben Rama's absolute quality. Ben yeah. Rama's the one I think really should be. I think he's the one who should be reaching, you know, astronomical funds that again we we can't really capitalize on. He'll probably get like twenty five million or something ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the funny thing is, I'm saying that I I think the impact of failure last year. A potential mass shifting of a strike force will really impact them. But, but they've kind of been doing that same wheeling dealing for a decade, haven't they? They have. They have. Um, so even though I, I, I think this is also the thing I was going to get onto previously, talking about this this league of suckiness, I think that they'll still do all right. But I, I don't. I'm wondering if that's because of other teams just not being so great. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of mulch this uh, this championship season. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So I what fourth is where I've put Watford, but so but I had for very similar reasons that you had them ending up in sixth. Um, that I just think they'll kind of they'll they'll sort of maybe struggle initially, but I think they'll kind of pull things together and have the resources to top things up in January um, to to kind of turn things around. Um, what was uh, what was Jennifer's verdict on Brentford? This was a good one. This was a good one. Uh, Brentford sounds like Bradford's lesser known little brother. Not quite as good as their big brother. The regulation dance, <laughs> which I kept in, even though later on I did correct Jennifer and said it's relegation, not regulation. <laughs> What's What's funnier is that we just know that Jennifer's predictions are going to be much better than ours. I know, I know, I know. We spent time thinking about it and pondering it. And arduously thinking. I think we know what we're talking about. So I don't know if I told you about my friend Daz did a, does a prediction league every year and he did a prediction for the, it might, I think it would have been last Euros because I guess obviously we would have had the, Euro, the European okay, yeah. competition this year, but obviously it's not happening with, with the pandemic. Um, but uh, Daz's mum did well because uh, she'd never heard of the Netherlands, <laughs> so she didn't think there would be any good. <laughs> and that was a bit of um, that was a bit of kind of counter thinking that actually worked. <laughs> that actually put her in like really good stead because Netherlands had Holland had a really bad uh, tournament that year. Yeah, and everyone's like, no, they'll do really well. They'll do well. Or you know, they'll definitely get past the group stage. They always pull it together for the tournament yeah <laughs> that's very so good maybe we just need um, to get a thousand monkeys and a thousand typewriters predicting the championship 
what about th- who's going to just miss out on the, the automatic places for you then, Luke? I've gone for Swansea. Ooh. So this was hard. This is really hard because it, they're Welsh. Um, also, I was very skeptical of Swansea last year, and they yeah. did a lot more than I thought they would do. So, again, mainly because I'm doing predictions, mainly I'm hoping, maybe I'm doing this hoping to be wrong and hoping that Swansea aren't any good. Okay. I, think that, I, I think they're probably going to be. a sadness hedge. It is a sadness hedge, but I, I genuinely think they're going to be around the same bag as last year. And uh, the manager effect of having Steve Cooper seems a huge pull to get some top talents, and it, it, he makes them an attractive outfit, even if his face isn't attractive. <laughs> And I also said, I feel like their improvement will also be really thanks to the failures of other sides. Yeah, and I suppose as well, it's one of those things, one of those unfair advantages of having an in at one of those big talent farm clubs mm-hmm. is quite a quite a nice thing to have on board as a championship team. It really so, is. Was it so? Oh, it really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for third, <laughs> I sort of almost... <laughs> By default, I, I'm not sure. Like I've I've said, Stoke I think might be a surprise package, and then now they're in third, and I'm like, I don't know about that actually. But it, <laughs> it was the space that was left in the playoff places, so I thought third. Uh, but but pro- it, probably not. But um, maybe maybe Watford and Stoke should swap. But yeah, Stoke third. That's where that's where I've plopped them. Uh, so what what, is, what was Jennifer's prediction of Swansea then? Uh, Swansea sounds like that really great pal. Sure has been used for drunk friends in a lot of sitcom. Uh, will enjoy themselves, not worry about anything, and will move up to the top of the division. Wow. Okay. Did I tell you my predictions of the league, Rich? While you're saying that you had spaces uh, that at the end of it, you're like, well, fuck it, they're just going to go there. As you, as you- <laughs> As you get to the end of the predictions and you really don't care. Yeah, I, had, yeah. I had Millwall twice. Oh, wow. I had them at 8th and then 12th. The team I completely forgot about was Nottingham Forest. Uh, so I ended up putting Forest in 8th and Millwall in 12th. Just a bit swap. They don't feature in my <laughs> in my top six. Um, who's second place for you? First promotion. I really hate making this, Rich. I've gone for Cardiff. Oof. I've I've made Swansea and Cardiff a sort of special note that they will both be close in terms of the, the championship. But yeah, Cardiff in second spot. Wow. This was the hardest decision I had to make in my predictions. Who is the 23rd worst at sucking in this league? So many teams reeking of failure. And then there's a weird element right now that so many clubs have not made signs to kick on from what they have before. So weirdly, I'm going for Cardiff. Um, Kiefer Moore, I think, is a very good and fun yeah. sign. Really yeah. envious of that one. I think there is still talent in creating a battle-ready team with a sturdy yet tedious manager, Neil Harris, that will kick lumps to the top flight. The victorious yeah. dirty bastards. <laughs> And I still don't quite understand Cardiff. I think I've mentioned this before and like looking at the team. But like I still look at like some of the players that they have and I'm like, there's a fair whack of talent there, you know, in their kind of like relegation transition. Is this a, like this might be the last year of parachute payments, I guess. Oh, possibly, yeah. Um, but I think they've also still got those tools that kind of Warnock's put in place. Yeah. They've yeah. got a hangover of pace and industry still there. Yes, yeah. Uh, Tomlin pisses me off no end, but I'm sure it'll do okay. I'm sure it'll yeah. wind up with people with a few cheeky things. Aiden Flint's still there. Yeah, there's a lot of talent there. 
There is. I, I, I do. I totally agree. I think Moore is a great signing. I'm, I'm very disappointed that we. Uh, I mean, I suppose two million pounds probably puts us puts him out of our price range at the moment. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, but um, uh, the sort of player I think Monk would have got a lot of joy out of as a as a as a front man to build things around. I was really uh, quite impressed. I've been quite impressed with him the, the times I've seen him against Wednesday. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a shrewd call. I, I, I do think they'll be right up there, um, but uh, automatic seems a long way. But uh, who knows? Who knows? I've got Brentford in second, so I think Ooh. they'll. Um, okay. I think they'll. I just think that they're used to sort of doing the, the the build, and I think their underlying team has gradually got better. And if you think that Watkins wasn't even really a striker, uh, that was sort of a a new position they tried him in. I think Tony's probably got the potential to to go to go off like a rocket um, if they can get the right players around him. Uh, so yeah, I think they'll do it. And also, I think the the sting of probably having been the best like second best or the best team in the league uh and not and missing out through the playoffs i think can can be a really driving motivating factor for them so i think yeah i think they'll i think they'll wind up second um so to our our, our sort of missing third expert cardiff what was the what was the verdict on cardiff uh, Jennifer said they'll get in touch with the Torchwood Institute to manipulate space and time. <laughs> if the universe doesn't collapse, then they'll finish top ten. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> who's uh, so? Who's top of the the tree? The I feel we're going to agree on our top on our number one. Top of the pops is Norwich. Norwich, yeah. I'm um, seeing a lot of people saying they're going to be around the top or in the you know, in the automatic spot. And I, I really agree. I'm really impressed with the signing so far. I think I'm wondering from what I'm saying, and, and I'm probably obviously definitely going to be wrong with this, but I think it, I'm saying, looking at a lot of teams and being like, I'm not sure, you know, I think they're definitely a team that will just uh, motor away from anyone else. Um, the, the Burnley weather balloon promotion, essentially go off. Grab all that cash. Don't spend anything really. To don't pretend like you even want to stay there, <laughs> and then and then have a proper go the next time round. And this is their proper go, I think. Yeah, I think even with some high profile sales, which I, I've no doubt they will, I'm confident that they'll replace them well as well. Um, for a signing, Hugo is a really good signing for a club like them in that position. Yeah. Um, Oliver Skip could be a pretty useful <laughs> loan. I think that ticks a few boxes. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Dow is pretty decent as well. Um, yeah. I, so here's the thing. I'm not scared. Of, I think, as I said previously, I'm not scared of their parachute payments. I'm scared of when they flog some of their players, notably a young English player, catching the eyes of teams and the media alike in Cantwell for a decent chunk of change. Yeah. And they can go use that money for a few more decent signs for this division. Uh, the exceptions to this set of predictions is I think there will be a team who will be genuinely good and oddly fired up for this season, as opposed yeah. to most teams who seem a bit limp-dicked and living with a fear of living life. <laughs> and the all-important prediction from uh, Jennifer for Norwich? Uh, Nor- Norwich will blow everyone away. It's actually pronounced Norwich, and they will finish <laughs> top three. Superb. I love I love the hedge in that. They'll blow everyone away and finish in the top three. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. Even even at this early stage, uh, there's there's a built-in hedge. Uh, I like it. Um, okay. Well, that leads us on to neither of us have mentioned Sheffield Wednesday in either of these uh, sets mm-hmm. of predictions. I think the fan base are going to be. I think anyone listening is 
gonna be incredibly disappointed that we didn't uh we didn't or maybe optimistic that we didn't <laughs> yeah so where where have you, where would you where have you put wednesday where, have you, where you know where um... so 20th uh initially i went with 21st and then and then we were below rotherham and i thought there's no way in hell we'll finish below rotherham for any merit to paul warren and any detriment to ourselves even with negatives and i believe the positives under monk we have enough in the tank to do mildly better than the millers yeah i've i've said my my sort of positive prediction is that we'll break the top 20 uh but i i <laughs> I would snatch your hand off the 21st right now. I think mm. Wednesday fans are fooling themselves at the moment if they're not looking at all of these predictions, putting us rock bottom and having a serious... Like, this is it's this is dire straits. Uh, it's a huge, huge points deduction to come back from. And it's a different thing. I know Gary Monk overcame nine points at Birmingham, but it's a different thing having lots of points in the bag taking a hit and then topping up i think starting from underwater is a really really tough job what were we going to say sorry so i know it's dire straits but maybe we could be brothers in arms and uh sultans of swing up to uh outside the relegation <laughs> yes yeah i just think <laughs> i just think for the pl- like the players by the t- by the time uh, I haven't actually I should have done this really but uh, have you made a prediction for like what game you think we'll break even at yes yes I did okay I should probably um, scramble to do that but I think like at barring talk of promotion just seems absolutely nutty outside of outside of incredible signings or the penalty points getting dropped altogether people need to not listen to Che Dunkley that is I like his I like that he says it in some ways um although it sort of worries me in other ways because what happens if we get to like November and it's clear we're not on a path to yeah. promotion does he does do heads I... go- I feel like getting in the spirit and getting him doing this. I've I've written some stuff here which I can read out, which is a lot more optimistic than yourself. Okay. So I just get the feeling there's enough there in spirit in total. It kind of feels like an out of this world accumulation of enough. It's like compound interest in a bank account that had a fiver in it from 1937. It strangely adds up to something. Mm. Having mm. Bannon still, having Izzy Brown, Izzy Brown now, the arrival of new staff giving everyone a lift, uh, beating his record with strikers. I think there's going to be goals from Shea Dunkley. Um, I'm now hoping for a long and hopefully injury season, injury free season from Luongo. Yes. Those all feel like dissonant components, but I think and feel that there is more in cohesion and unity within the squad now to make all those things count together. Um, there is more of us highly paid players who didn't match that financial contribution on the pitch clearing, and I think that's going to have a positive effect. Yeah. Uh, the only players I think who are really on big wedges are still there. Bannon, I think he's someone who has a great attitude, commands a lot of respect, so good favor on the training ground. I think I get feel the same feelings of, um, you know, his mate, his mate Fletch. From that respect, he's someone yes. who's paid a lot, but then actually performs and has the ability. That everyone looks around and says, "Yeah, he's the real deal." Westwood's either going to be gone or out of sight. You know, interesting that we promoted Josh Render and to the you know the free goalkeepers yes. that yes. Flatherhand's been working on that came from the thing. So Westwood's in the under 23s and just completely out of sight. And I, I also think people in the squad have a respect for Rhodes for I think how much he works, regardless of whether we're getting the bang for our buck for you know our record signing. 
Um, but again, the thing I'm looking and the people who've gone, I'm thinking with the exception of Fletcher, maybe knew you as well at a push. Uh, I've I, I also Fox to a lesser degree, and now I'm, I'm walking back what I've written here now. No, uh, I'm, I'm saying because I think it's probably I, I think I mainly uh, do uh, I do agree with the sentiment that you're. I'm genuinely with. struggling to think if there's anyone who has gone who has missed. Yeah, I so I, I don't think that in this current regime, none of those players who were gone really improved beyond their own capabilities of being part of a team in a way. Yeah. What I'm, I think you, you know, that kind of effect in utilization we found under gray and laws. Um, I mean, I, it's bad that we're not getting that collective mileage out of players anymore, but then I'm genuinely struggling to see often that there are players who are that much worse. I don't know if that's kind of making sense, but yeah, I know what you mean. So, I, I'm like, if we're in the worst instance, I'm going to say that just trading down players mildly for cheaper wages, then it's still a result, really. Because that, that kind of came down to it. The really sad thing is the money ball effect of you pay the big wages, you get the, the players, you know, making the big plays and you get that advantage. But we were essentially just paying players to just be shit, really. A handsome, yeah. handsome, generous yeah. wages. It was an absolute disaster. So then if I get someone in who's younger, who's on less money, it's still a result. It's still that savings just going to be, um, maybe I'm just being mildly dreaming um, with all that. Um, one thing I haven't mentioned is the belief of Gary Monk. Uh, granted that an American campaign this year, uh, he would make a half-decent man of rhetoric that misses out on the Democratic candidacy. So he's maybe the Andrew Yang <laughs> or Mayor Pete at Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> so, I mean, he does talk a good game, but it, it yeah. feels clear that he's someone with an astonishing faith in himself. And I'm wondering if the sun is Gary Monk, Gary Monk much like the Teletubbies baby, then the clouds are clearing and he'll beam his coyness here, there and everywhere. I think he's historically the character for this situation, which is a really harsh endorsement and not something he wants to entertain. But I think his past with that at Birmingham makes me feel better about things. We seem to be rejuvenated. It's... And granted, granted, I've said 20th, even with a deduction, I can't see us being the worst team in this league. We'll have bad days, sure, but I think there's more good days than bad. Well, that's tremendous. Thank you so much for that, Luke. And I don't, I don't disagree with any part of it. I think... I, it, it, there's lots of things that need sure. to work out for us. Do you do you feel that I I feel that this is the overarching question I've got into with all of the positives? You know, we're counting heads, we're adding everything that's around. I I feel the question is rich. The, the overarching question is: Is it enough? Yeah. And I I, I feel I, that you're on the side of saying it's not. It's not enough. Oh, I think it will be enough. I think we can. I think we can say we. I. I don't. I think we will. Well, I think we'll survive. It's how comfortable that is. But I. I do think we're helped by the fact that this looks like a, a championship with more more poor teams than it usually has. I think the three teams that have come up are particularly bad, from what I can see. And maybe they'll surprise us, but. Uh, they they look like quite weak teams coming up. I think the fact that because of Wigan's deduction, as we touched on, Luton are there, and to an extent Barnsley are here, when they didn't really deserve to be on the merit of their own football. Mm. Uh, so, you know, 
you should we should be looking at that and going well that's five teams we should do better than for a start which takes us to to sort of 18th 19th it's just it's going to i suppose it's i'm optimistic that we will survive i just worry in addition to the change of atmosphere and with the players and getting rid of the, some of those squad members that have just been kind of taking a wage and not and not providing enough for it. I think we as fans need to be, when we're given the opportunity, be a part of that as well. We need to... I So my worry is having people like Dunkley come out and say, oh yeah, we're pulling for promotion. There's a, there's a, there's a group of our... There's a group within our fan base. I wouldn't say it's all of the fan base, but there's a group within our fan base that kind of appeared in time to go to Wembley and have brought a negativity with them that has been wholly unwelcome. And I don't think anybody should be going into this season thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to get promoted. We're going to win every game. We are going to have to fight for our lives to finish. Mm. Like, we could have the best season we've had in years and still finish in the bottom half of the table because we've, mm. we're starting on the negative that we're starting on. So I just think I think having some realism is probably good as well because it's going to be hard winning games and then not not only are we not moving in the table, we're not even like, you know, we're not on the same grading as other teams who, who are moving in the table. And by the time we get naught points, a lot of the teams around us will have six, seven, eight points. So it's, yeah. it will be a we'll probably be catching up till beyond Christmas. Mm. That's a long marathon mentally, and I just if we're going in going oh yeah top six finish blah 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 then you're not going to have a good time this season. Get yourself prepared for a battle, and not re- not being relegated is a win. And I think having that mentality will give you a much more enjoyable season as a Wednesday fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, going in you know get your kind of mental armor on because it's going to be tough but i like you i share a lot of positivity i think we've signed some exciting young players uh if we can get a full season out of luongo fit that will be so much further on from where we were um izzy brown if if he can get fit and stay fit looks like a heck of a player to have around yeah um and if How we did- can be just a quick Sorry. question, Ray. How did you think Izzy Brown fared today in the in the friendly? I think people I th- said he. I thought he looked. I thought he looked really bright. Mm. Uh, I thought he was kind of blowing after about twenty minutes. We fitness wise, we just <laughs> there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of running to do this week. I think these next two weeks. Um, but I know I thought he looked bright, and I, I, I'd, what he needs is a striker that's making runs in behind that he can play passes to because he's not a goal scorer particularly he's a he's a creator and we need somebody that can you know if he's he's supplying the bullets we need somebody that can take that shot um because he's bought here his his one free kick was brilliant and should have been a goal but i offer headed it straight up in the air (laughs) so that um but yeah, so I, I think, I think sort of nineteenth, eighteenth is my realistic nineteenth. I think is my realistic prediction of where we, where we, where I think we'll end up. Which is a real positive for us in this yeah. situation. Um, so where did you have you since? Um, <laughs> when did you think we'll break even? I know it's quite convenient, but I think probably the end of. I think Halloween. 
looks like there's a run of quite winnable games in October, and I'd hope I'd hope by the end of those we will have picked up twelve points altogether. The three in the three in September are tricky, I think. Do you do you also think much like uh, again? If I'm looking for positives, and I so I was looking at I was on the scourge of the internet Reddit, looking at some ch- kind of championship page, and <clears throat> find myself had to detach myself and not log in with my thing and call people twats, <laughs> um, including a Villa fan who predicted bad news for Wednesday, and I felt like fuck off, you're not even in this division, you fucking dickheads. <laughs> You saved it. You saved up by the skin of your fucking teeth, Villa. I don't know. I like I like clubs like Villa when they're in the league above us and when they're actually our competitors. I'm just like, oh fuck you, fuck off. <laughs> similar similar deal with Fulham. You know, I remember <gasps> used to think nice things about Fulham with the Clint Dempsey, and then they came down. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the thing I thought I was going to get onto is I was going to ask you, Richard. When so did you? So you said break even by 31st of October. That's right, yeah. Well, there's something else I was going to ask you. I'm so sorry. I got distracted. Um, it was the race. No, that was it. it. That was what I was going to say. Uh, I, anyway, I, I will say, just to tie up that loose knot of a point, break even, I said, by the eighth game, I think. So this is ambitious, but I'm going for a 1.5 points per game average. Bit of belief and go for it. So you've gone one game ahead of me, essentially. Rather. Right, okay. So it's not that. I, I wondered about coming down from my heady heady fumes of uh, optimism by walking back from eighth to ninth, maybe. So actually, that would be probably about the same, maybe. But I think I do think I think you know we've touched on Cardiff for all the reasons is a tough start. Watford, maybe it's the right time to play Watford, but Watford are going to mm-hmm. be tricky at any point. Bristol yeah. City are always there or thereabouts, so that's a tough game. But then we've that's got it, QPR, think, Birmingham. Bristol City will be shite this year. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll be ahead of the curve then. But QPR, you know, that's a winnable game at home. Birmingham, who knows? But we've we've we have won at Birmingham before, and there's always mm. the, it's it's the um, you know it's the coy derby, isn't it, of uh, of Birmingham City. <laughs> It is indeed. Um, the thing I wanted to say was, so you know, I was reading these these that was I was reading these Reddit predictions and getting irritated with people being like, "We're rock bottom." But I'm wondering if that's going to filter into how we're maybe going to perform better. I feel like you know when the doubts are against us, I feel like we're going to do better. I feel like it's the Gary Monk lesser percentage. We got the goals. Quite possibly. Yeah, I, I hope so. The, my, my, what the 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 sort of caveat that stops me from being wholehearted. Although I know that things have changed, so that's that's a real positive in in favour of this season being different and better. But we didn't see any of that siege mentality last season no because we could have very easily been in a position where it didn't matter if they took 12 points last season and we didn't get over that line we slumped towards but the we, edge we didn't know it was there though i know we didn't i know we didn't and hopefully i mean the, the, the thing that we were kind of saying and we were, we were like we bloody hope the players know that this is coming because yeah. they're looking like they're on the beach they're looking like they don't care yeah like i'm really hoping it's different i mean obviously that's that's everything around the optimism i'm taking into this yeah is i'm really hoping the players understand that that you know a thing called siege mentality exists and you can have it it can be achieved you too can have siege mentality for the low price of 19 pounds 95 for the low price of getting in my bunker you too <laughs> <laughs> with any luck a bit of uh, stockholm syndrome as well <laughs> 
Okay, well, let's um to to round things off. Then uh, we we're going to name the Wednesday player of the season and who we think the top scorer will be. So first off, who uh, who have you got for your your player of the season? I've gone with Izzy Brown. Nice. He was he was up there for me. Uh, I've gone for I've gone for Harris. Nice. Harris. Oh, I'd, I'd love <laughs> I would love y- you to be right beyond me. <laughs> You know, but I'd also love to see a very productive, very creative Izzy Brown. Be nice if they're both, uh, yeah, duking it out for the title. That I nearly went for I offer, but then I thought, come on, that's let's live in I hope. Don't know. <laughs> that also smacks of like it's a, a mid-table Wednesday team where we just be like Lee Grant's player of the season. Yeah, is, is that because no one else is any good? Yes, well, Lee Grant was really good. <laughs> Lee Grant kept us in it because we couldn't score enough goals, basically. <laughs> Maybe that would, but what if it was amazing if Cam, Cam, Cameron Dawson was genuinely Cameron was player of the season? Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine the sort of season we will have just sat through? Oh dear. Um... <laughs> that I just but, but I'd imagine that would think not that Cameron Dawson would be really good, but unfortunately, it'd probably be like everyone would be else would just everyone be everyone else has dropped to the level in Luke's uh, rankings of suck. Yeah, rankings of suck. But for, uh, for me, Harris, it's. I think he's been a revelation at that wing-back position. I don't know if he's ever played it before in his life, but he looks so natural there. And the way he's either being told to play or the way he naturally plays it, it uses his best assets to fill the position. So because he's defending on the front foot, his pace means he's on the player before they get a chance to sort of turn and run at him. So his defending becomes simple because of that. And he is still, if we can get somebody in the box that can score a freaking goal, he is still a, an assist machine. Mm. It's just, he really, really missed having Stephen Fletcher, as did everybody else. Because today he put two or three very, very decent balls into the box and he gave the right back and the, uh, the right side and centre back a torrid time, inside, outside. He'll keep doing that all season and for 90 minutes, he's he's got such a tremendous gas tank on him. Uh, and I just, yeah, I just think provided we can get somebody that can score some goals, he's going to come out shining in the in this in this uh, system we're playing. Um, who have you got for your top scorer? Again, if he comes and also in the presidential, uh, if he comes and wins the ticket in this presidential year, then Trumpy Bum 2020. Oh, with Nico nice. High, I go the middling, I go the season. Yo, <laughs> Luke's impression of Trump is robbed from the Kid Mero's Trumpito. Suck my dick from the back. My papa is the key to hole. <laughs> oh, beautiful stuff. Do you think Josh? Uh, <laughs> do you think uh, Josh Windass will um, follow his? daddy's footsteps and go to hole at some point i would think so i mean that would that would seem i, I think that would be nice i, I think that would be like if if we're kind of kidding ourselves or feeling like a bit like i don't know a bit like a lesser degree of how you know Messi's a bit like well when i can't do this at the top level anymore i'll just go play for newell's old boys in argentina yes i think we'll think a little bit about well Maybe we could have Vardy for a season or two when he's uh, yeah he's had a serious injury and lost a yard of pace and can't do it at the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently that won't be anytime soon. Apparently he's well, maybe uh, when he's thirty-eight, thirty-nine, maybe. Yeah. yeah, apparently he's getting fitter. His resting heart rate is better than it's ever been at the start of a pre-season. Incredible! What an athlete. Was that um, what he said? Was that what he said in Thai? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> 
So, but I mean, if he doesn't come, then I'm going to go Shea Dunkley with seven goals a season. I'm oh, excited okay. about goals from Shea Dunkley. I'm excited about set pieces. Luke, get out of my head, please. Because <laughs> the top scorer, Rich has gone for Shea Dunkley. How many do you I think? I think, yeah, I think he might get eight, but... Um, I would love to see Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> done it. Especially because yours is like a sort of humorous aside. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, looking at the current squad, <laughs> I just don't know where the goals are coming from right now. So, a thing I, enter- I thought I entertained, but I didn't voice it, and now, oh God, now I'm going to voice it, and now I'm going to feel embarrassed and awkward. But we're, ma- we're making heady, um, you know, we've got heady cocaine ideas here. We're feeling full of ourselves. <laughs> ah, ah. We, I'd, I'm curious, it might not be to the tune of anything that would be a top signing, but I'm genuinely wondering if maybe last year of his contract, a bit of guidance from BT, I'm wondering whether Rhodes might improve good i mean right now we have to play him there's no one there's too no much else for luke too too he's, much cocaine. he's gonna definitely get game time now because there's nobody else oh you you can tell you didn't watch the game today man alive <laughs> so i can walk that back and walk that uh I can walk that thought back, basically. Well, I mean, who knows? If anything's going to fix... I don't know whether it's possible to fix. I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> I don't... But, you know, if anything was going to fix him, having that, having that, you know, reasonably storied pro. Maybe, Luke, maybe. Mm. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Shall I give you Jennifer's opinion on Wednesday? Please. She says... They will surprise their fans by turning up and playing football. 13th. <laughs> oh, wow. Dreamland. Dreamland. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> no, you won't, because we've already established you've had too much of those cocaines. Far too many nose cocaines for Luke. Oh, wow. I- I'm sort of exhausted. Okay, you know, well, I can I can kind of clearly have some more kind of... Um, so I, I'll, I want to pick up some more of some of my favourite Jennifer's predictions. Please do. Um, so... Oh, did I say what she said about Bournemouth? She she said, what, Bournemouth? You're making this shit up, aren't you? These aren't real places. <laughs> uh, super bland, not doing anything. Spectra on the any end of the spectrum will hardly notice them. Huh, seems like a good uh, Another one I really enjoyed was uh, Rotherham. Jennifer said, that sounds like something Scooby-Doo would say. They will then appear <laughs> like they're being chased by a man in a mask. That will work for them and they'll finish fourth. <laughs> Super. I, I think that's that's the cream of the predictions. <laughs> that, that is that is um QPR she said, is it just three letters? Do they dress like park rangers after I explain the title? Uh they'll probably wear their big poofy hats. Top five after paying someone off. <laughs> there we go. Nick Nick DeMarco's gonna get his uh, hands dirty. Oh well he's always making them pies and stuff, so you know He does get his hands dirty by making some delicious pies. Delicious pies. And he makes his hands dirty by making some lovely videos about them as well. <laughs> It's about time he, uh, yeah, turns his hand to something a bit more nefarious. Come on. Stop, stop being so wholesome. Oh, wow. Well, that's um, it's going to be fun to see how those how those predictions age as, uh, as the season rolls on. <laughs> um, we'll see whether it turns into a fine bottle of wine or just a bottle of piss. 
basically. Yes, yeah. But we're ever hopeful. You know, we come, we, you know, we, we, uh, we come ho- hopeful, enthusiastic, and looking forward to, to the new season. But we definitely need another couple of signings. That's, I think that's the main takeaway from today is, uh, we need some, we need something up top. We need something to build around. But, uh, what a treat! Thank you so much, Luke, and uh, and please give my thanks to to Jennifer for her highlight contributions. I'll pass that on. She'll also hear this as well. So thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think it's a good time as any to wrap things up, Luke, and uh, wish you a good week and, and wish the folks at home a good week. And uh, we'll be back to report on uh, our game against Walsall. That sounds good. Have a good <laughs> week, everybody. See you then, Rich. Cheerio.